the opening scene of Ruby was filmed in my neighborhood, wow. um, which I just realized a couple weeks ago, and it really kind of almost brought a tear to my eye. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool to wow. see. From the campus of Our Lady's University, this is For Good, stories from Notre Dame, a behind-the-scenes glimpse into life under the Golden Dome and the powerful stories that drive Notre Dame to become a force for good in the world. Hello and welcome to For Good, stories from Notre Dame. Today we're coming to you from the basement of the Eck Visitor Center, a place few of you have ever been in. It's the home of Notre Dame Listens, or ND Listens as we call it. It was originally known as the Development Phone Center, which was established in the fall of 1987 to solicit donations via telephone from alumni, parents, and friends of the university. In the past 36 years, the phone center has gone through several updates, and it continues to play a critical role in the university's alumni and community relations. Student callers from ND Listens no longer call to solicit gifts, which your silent applause is appreciated, um, but instead they call to listen to make connections and to show gratitude for the generosity of the Notre Dame family. And they do that exclusively. Today, I am proud to be joined by two ND Listen students. Uh, they are both callers. Cesar Sanchez is class of 2024. He's a senior manager. And Brooke Dubay, class of 2026, a sophomore. Welcome, Caesar and Brooke, and maybe let's just start out by uh, sharing with us a little bit of your stories. First, where do you come from and how did you come to Notre Dame? And then how did you become a student caller? Yeah, um, I'm Caesar. I grew up on the southeast it's side of It's good to clarify that you're Caesar and you're Brooke. That's key. <laughs> no miscommunication ever. <laughs> Great, thank um, you. I grew up on the southeast side of Chicago in the shadow of the old steel mills. And um, growing up, everyone always loved Notre Dame, you know. Yeah. Notre Dame till you die. And so uh, I really take pride kind of like in being able Ruby to. Like a kind of. Yeah. Like, uh, Rudy, actually, the opening scene of Ruby was filmed in my neighborhood, wow. um, which I just realized a couple weeks ago. And it really kind of almost brought a tear to my eye. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool to wow. see. Um, but yeah, everyone loved Notre Dame. So um, growing up watching Notre Dame football games was always a tradition. But for a lot of people, it just isn't necessarily. Uh, they don't really have the chance to be able to get to come here. So I'm definitely grateful to be able to represent a lot of people back home. Um, my grandmother was a diehard Notre Dame basketball fan, and so she passed down that fandom to me, and I'm happy to be here today. Um, senior now, so I'm my way out, sadly. Um, but I lived in Balmer Hall here on campus, and I'm a statistics major with minors in journalism and data science. Fantastic. So you started out your first year? Uh, as a first-year student, as a student caller, and then you were promoted, and now you're a student manager? Yes, yes. Okay. So coming in freshman year, it was in the midst of the start of the COVID pandemic on campus, and um, I was just looking for a job, and I searched the job board, just looking for something, and I saw this thing called ND Listens, which yeah. seemed like a good way to engage with alumni. So I went to the interview, and it was on Zoom, and I was really nervous, so I wore a suit because I was just like, eh, it's like my first real like right. job interview. Right. I don't know how this is going to go. And so I get on the Zoom and both of them, the interviewees are kind of just dressed very casually. And I could tell they're kind of like looking at me like, why is he wearing a suit? <laughs> yeah. Um, but the interview went great. 
I was happy enough to get the job, and I didn't realize till after that it was actually pretty hard to get into ND Listens yeah. um, because of like the awesome work that we do. So since then, I've been able to call for three years, and then um, last year I became a team leader, and now I advanced to senior manager where I oversee uh, three shifts a week. That is fantastic, and I know that there's a hundred over a hundred student callers here. Uh, we we hired twenty new students this year, and you guys did the interviews and. My understanding is that there were 120 applicants for 20 positions that we hired. It was at 10 positions, 10 positions. So it's, it's harder. The acceptance rate for uh, Notre Dame at 11% is a little bit uh, more relaxed than it is to become a student caller. So it's amazing the demand to come here and connect with our alumni, parents, and friends. And thank you for, for your leadership. And we'll come back and talk a little bit more. But Brooke, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you, where did you come from and how did you come to Notre Dame and then ultimately be a student caller? Yeah, so I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Um, I grew up there. I have three siblings. I love um, this. So that means you bring a little bit more edge. <laughs> South side of Chicago, but still to get those Midwest values, but you got a little bit, a little bit of yeah, edge. Yeah, a little, a little spunk to us. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, is like, you know, being a little far away from the city. So we're a little more rea- relaxed. Um yeah. But yeah, when I was growing up, my grandparents were huge Notre Dame football fans. They also loved what the school represented, God, um, country, and family. Um, And they always wanted a family member to attend the school. So, you know, as my seven-year-old little self, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Little did I know the journey I had ahead of me to get here. Um, But yeah, then when I was in middle school, uh, my grandma passed away from pediatric cancer, um, which was kind of a shock to all of us. She was an angel. She always flew down to come see us. She lived in Buffalo, so about 10 hours away from us. I'm from um, Buffalo. Oh, That's really? Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she um, was up there with a few of my cousins and my aunts and uncles, um, but she, yeah, she passed away very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. She found out uh, four months before she passed, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just a shock to our whole family. It was kind of the first family member we lost. Um, but, you know, we stuck together, got through it, and the last thing I remember telling her was like, I'm gonna go to Notre Dame. And so I just knew that that was the journey I was going to take. Um, I trusted, you know, the the eyes she had for the school and how great it was. And I knew it was the place I wanted to be at. Um, and then going into high school, um, I worked my butt off for grades and stayed involved. And I played three sports. Um, and then when I was 15, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, which is one of those like invisible lines, ties to my grandma yet again, um, which was again, a shock to us. You never think a healthy 15 year old who plays three sports and is very involved is gonna be diagnosed with something that could end up very poorly. Um, And so, you know, I didn't really know when they first told me if I, how many days I had left, right? So I started, it was right during COVID. It was uh, May of 2020, so not many doctors were open. Um, right. Thankfully, um, after the tumor was taken out and the biopsy was done, um, the doctor made an appointment with um, at Cohen's Children's Hospital on mm-hmm. Long Island. Um, and the doctor there was very informative, was great. We always knew we wanted to go to Sloan Kettering mm-hmm. in um, New York City. My dad was treated there for thyroid cancer when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so we always knew we wanted to go there. And, um, you know, this doctor kind of shocked me when she was like, you're going to be fine and you're going to have a great college essay, <laughs> which was 
we we kind of laughed. My mom and I were still in shock. We only found out three days prior um, that I had cancer. So we were kind of, you know, right. still in that shock phase of, you know, what is this going to be? Right. Um, so I just, that was like a very insensitive, I felt, place to be. Yeah. Um, and so like we laughed and everything and then we went to Sloan's. Um, and, you know, it was six months of chemo, um, a month of radiation. You know, I went through the whole nine yards, I guess you could say, with right, it. Like, right. I lost my hair. Um, and this is during COVID, too, so you had yes. to be extremely careful, right? That you couldn't pick up any Yeah, so any I honestly think I was blessed to get it when I did. Mm -hmm. um, everyone was online, so I was able to still keep up with classes in school. I only right. missed Wednesdays when I had treatment right. um, online. Um, so my grades stayed really well um, during the year. Um, it was definitely, I think, a shock for my classmates to see me on Zoom just like bald, you know, right. like the physical side of it is what people are going to experience because they're not at treatment with me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was definitely an adjustment um, to life in that moment. It was definitely a survival mode thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm living a life I didn't know I was going to get to live. Right. And so don't get me wrong, there are days that I do take for granted and I'm stressed out with school and right. things aren't going my way. Um, but, you know, when I'm walking from Lions Hall to Jordan Hall of Science for my first lecture in the morning um, and I like see the Golden Dome and the sun's out and everything, I, I feel so lucky. You know, I yeah. didn't know if I was even going to get to see college. Right. Um, so it's well, a what an incredible testament to you that you find gratitude and grace in this whole uncertain and incredibly difficult process. And and you have this bond with your grandmother who, you know, you have the shared cancer with, but but whose dream was for you to be here at Notre Dame and now you're here. I mean, what an incredible story. And then why did you come to be an Andy Listens caller and how did that fit into your 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 couple of years here now so far as a student? Yeah. So for me, freshman year went by and I was like, wow, I am a broke college student. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I need to get a job. I mean, it's I, I'm 14 hours away from home and everything. And I was just like, I also wanted to fill my time with something purposeful. Right. Um, so when I was looking for a job, I really wanted something that would make an impact on the community here. Yeah. Um, and so I talked to so many upperclassmen and I knew a few in Lions Hall um, who worked for ND Listens, and they said how much they love it and how everyone there is amazing. Everyone there has a story. Yeah. Um, so I applied. I didn't know if I was going to get it. Um, I came in for the interview. Everyone was so sweet. I remember walking down, and everyone was sitting on the phones. I was like, wow, this is a shock for yeah. me. I was like, I didn't expect it. I thought I was lost going into the basement. Um, but, yeah, I just knew I wanted to be in a place that I felt welcomed yeah. and a place that— um, took everyone's uniqueness as a gift. Yeah. Um, and I really have found Andy listens to be that spot. That's fantastic. Um, we're, we're privileged that we have Hannah Thompson, who is a recent Notre Dame grad, a volleyball a scholarship player who helps to direct this team. But, but there's student leaders that, that emerge over the years. And, and you're one of those, Cesar. Tell us a little bit about what makes this work fun and meaningful uh, for you. And, and, Talk a little bit about some of the games you play. How do you, since you're not asking for money, how do you measure success? Um, how do you keep it fun? Uh, how, you know, tell us a little bit about that from your perspective. Yeah, I think the thing about ND Listens that makes it so unique is a combination of the mission and also, as you mentioned, the fun that we have here in the basement. So our mission, obviously, to reach out to alumni and connect with them. 
um, try to hear their stories. Um, our kind of motto is we want to listen, learn, and love with alumni. So that's always very important, and we take that very seriously. Um, and it's always a pleasure to be able to engage with people who are very active in Notre Dame or are even a little disconnected, and we help right. to bring them back into the family. Um, in terms of some of the fun things we do down in the basement, we have, at the start of shift, we have what's called Scrum, which is just basically a mix of giving out announcements on shift, but also we have, we go around and do like an icebreaker question, um, which often brings out some pretty interesting <laughs> responses. Yeah. Um, and then mid-shift, we have what's called Man Fun, which is short for Mandatory Fun, when we stop calling for 15 minutes and just play a game. Yeah. So whether it's charades, which normally takes longer than 15 minutes, unfortunately, right. Right. Um, or any other game, um, we always have a fun time with that, along with a lot of other small games that we have. We have um, we split all of our callers up into six different teams, um, with each of the teams kind of having their own goals for calling and for how many calls they make and how many uh, calling minutes that they have. Um, but so that's like also, a win. You get points. Is it, yes. if, if you are able to keep somebody in the line for 20 minutes or, or right. more, that would be considered kind of a win in that case, right? And and um, you also, you make it, as you said, you make it fun. Uh, now, uh, you were calling recently, you call different segments, right? So you might be calling to thank people who've made recent gifts. You might be calling people on their their anniversaries of, of Notre Dame graduation. You might be calling people on their birthdays, all kinds of ways to kind of connect. But But you have like words of the day, and this is not, the callers don't, I mean, you, the callers know this, but the recipients don't on the receiving end. So the idea is you get extra points if you can get them to say that word, yes. right? Yes. So it keeps it kind of fun and dynamic here in the basement. Um, but but you guys were calling Notre Dame employees recently, and I happen to be one of them, just thanking all of us for, for our service here day in and day out at the university, which was very kind. And you called me, Caesar, and uh, and I think the word of the day, I was tipped off because <laughs> part of this team was marshmallow. Yeah. So you were supposed to try to get me to say marshmallow, but you, you didn't, and so <laughs> I knew it, and so I think we have a little clip. So maybe we can show a clip of that, of that call. Well, Caesar, wow, what, what a kind uh, call. Thanks so much for for calling in, are you uh, in the lower level right now of uh, of the uh, Ec Visitor Center? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Down here in the uh, Andy Listens basement, and uh, it's really grateful to be able to talk with you today, sir. Well, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, what uh, what what year are you? Where do you live? What are you studying? Yeah, so I'm a senior. Um, I used to live in Balmer Hall, the best home on campus, but now I moved off campus and live over on Eddy Street, but uh, studying statistics with minors in data science and journalism. I just didn't, I didn't pick it up at all. I, I just totally missed out on it. And you said it multiple times too. And it was almost like on the second time when I heard it, I was just like, oh wait, that's the word of the week. I, I, got, I got points for that. So then the call finished and I was like, I got him to say the word of the week. Let's go. And I see um, up here today, I see the word of the week up here is asparagus. I mean, getting somebody to say asparagus on the other line, the end of the line is, I mean, that's, that's a tough one. Marshmallow's a little bit easier, I think, than, 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 than asparagus. But tell us a little bit about your calls. What has been a really meaningful call, one that sticks out for you, or just thematically connecting with alumni, parents, friends, 
What, what has that meant for you as, as a sophomore here at Notre Dame Brook? Yeah, so it's it's really cool because I get to call um, my peers' parents sometimes. Yeah. Um, I reach out to really older alumni, which I had this one call. Um, I was talking to a man who just recently lost his wife mm-hmm. um, to cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, right When I went to Sloan Kettering, uh, my doctor, my oncologist, um, she said, she was like, you're part of this community now and you're going to see it everywhere. And she was like, it is everywhere and people just don't pay attention to it yeah. unless it's hit them personally. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and I just remember. Let me interrupt just real yeah. quickly. That um, there's a great quote from Albert Schweitzer that talked about the fellowship of those who bear the mark of pain. That when you enter into this community, your brokenness allows you to connect with others. So on that call, were you? Did you share with this gentleman that you had battled cancer yourself and? Yeah. It affected your family? Yeah. I, th- I think that the reason I went through what I went through is to share my story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't hold anything in. Um, when he told me that he had just recently lost his wife, um, I immediately was like, I understand and I hear you and yeah. I am so sorry for your loss. Um, it's an impossible thing um, watching someone you love. Right. Um, not be okay. Right. Um, and that's why I think me going through cancer was a lot harder for my mom to watch me right. uh, be so sick in sure. front of her eyes um, where I was just living it, right? I didn't have a choice. Right. Like I was, I had to get better. There right. was no plan B for me. Right. Um, and so when I was talking to this man, um, it, I think it just touched both of us hearing mm. like it's okay to struggle and it's okay to hurt and that it will get better in time. And I think that is something that I've learned the hard way. Um, I think before I was sick, um, you know, I was the typical teenage girl that kind of thought, you know, kept my head held high, um, walked with a lot of ego in me. Um, And I think getting sick taught me a lot of those lessons that, you know, it's okay to be emotional and vulnerable to people that you don't even know. Um, And I think through that call, I mean, it was a 10 minute call, but even in that call, um, you know, I think we both left, um, with a little smile on our face for right, the day. Um, right. and I know he shared his thanks for the call and sharing my story with him. Um, and yeah, it what was a beautiful just, way to connect, um, it was. you know, on, and in times of need, I think that's when family is at its best when, when we need each other and, and, and that's beautiful. How about for you, Caesar? what was a, a call that, that maybe sticks out? You've been doing this now for four years almost. So. Um, maybe there's one or two that, that jumps out for you. Yeah, for me, it's actually a call that ended up being a voicemail. So um, left the voicemail for the gentleman and he emailed me back <clears throat> and had just like a massive story that he wanted to share and get off his chest. So we're emailing back and forth. Um, I have to leave shift. I end up emailing him on my personal email. We're talking for so long. He's sending me pictures of his family, just like mm-hmm. telling me about it his entire life. Clearly someone who just wanted to share his Notre Dame story. Um, and I'm in Naval Razzi here at Notre Dame, and he was formerly in the Marines. So we connected kind of on that aspect. Um, and then eventually he was like, hey, I'm coming to South Bend because um, my family is just in town that weekend. So would you like to get dinner? And I was like, sure. So we got dinner. And that also happened to be the weekend that I was competing in the bango bouts. And then he also came to my fight for the bango bouts. Wow. So it was just like that connection of someone I had just met um, literally that weekend, that day, actually, um, who I'd emailed with so many times before. 
Um, and it was really nice and sweet that he was able to come out, right. obviously, to both dinner and to my fight. Um, and I still, once in a while, send him an email and we keep in touch a little bit. So, so these, these things go beyond calls sometimes. It isn't just a conversation on the phone. I've heard that, and tell me more, like sometimes you guys may go down and say a prayer at the grotto. Um, sometimes you may do a video and sing happy birthday or send some kind of message. What, what are some of the ways that, you know, beyond what you just shared, that this has gone beyond a phone call? in connecting with alumni, parents, and friends? Yeah, we have a number of different teams here. One of the teams <clears throat> is the Thank You Views team, which films thank you videos, and we send those out to alumni. Um, just a quick way to get them to see a student, hear a bit of our story, and make sure that they know that we're grateful for them. Mm -hmm. um, we have an international engagement team, which is active in um, you know, reaching out to our international alumni. You do um, that like on WhatsApp or something, so you don't, or, or you know, the phone. It's mainly it's mainly over email. Okay, um, but it's Got sending it. them like when Canadian Thanksgiving came out, we had a video for that Got and uh, connected with them. Um, we also, as you mentioned, do walks to the grotto, and we'll kind of uh, have a little note and um, take pictures there and connect with alumni who really wish that they could be able to have the ability to go to the grotto here. Right. So. We try to bring alumni a sense of their home here at Notre Dame to their home, wherever they are at that moment, um, and make sure that they feel connected with our Notre Dame family. How about for you, any stories above and beyond the phone call that come to mind? Um, not personally, so I just started this semester calling, yeah. um, but I have a friend here who um, was on the phone and uh, she asked, would you like me to go say a prayer for you down at the grotto? And she was able to go light a candle. And then mm -hmm. she took a picture of the candle she lit mm -hmm. um, and sent it back to him. And they were able, you know, just to keep that relationship um, deeper than just the phone call. Right. We bring yeah. in um, like the religion aspect of it. And like Caesar said, you're bringing home to their home. Yeah. And it just gives them a little peace of mind that they haven't been forgotten just because they've graduated right. and that you're always part of the Notre Dame family. Now, I've, learned, I've heard from some other students over the years that uh, this is something that is very attractive for um, job interviews and, and others. They're, 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 people are fascinated out there that you've had the skills of making cold calls and, uh, and, and, and engaging, you know, from start uh, uh, these conversations. And they, they see that. It, it, have you heard of this being something that, that while you're not only spreading the good word through your work, but this is good for your own development and your your own maturation and, and preparation for the workplace. What, what would you say about that? Yeah, um, for me, I think this world is getting more and more just texting each other and emails. So I think this job has made my communication skills, even just having a conversation face-to-face -face with people, yeah. um, just a little better. Um, and I think that uh, being able to make those cold calls and start a conversation from not knowing anything or very little about the person yeah. is really important for the per per professional scene. Yeah. Um, I know this year we had a company come in, a former Notre Dame alumni, um, and they came and talked to us about the job and they were looking for seniors interested in a job that was like cold calling. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the company name, but yeah. um, yeah, so th I think it's definitely attractive being able to call. I mean, even if you're in the medical profession, calling a patient right. and knowing that professional line you don't want to cross, but also keeping it personal, too. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really awesome job if you're looking for better communication skills. Yeah. 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 Anything yeah. you can add, Caesar? 
Yeah, um, I do a lot of like sports broadcasting, and so a lot of it's oral public communication. Um, and so being wait able second, to talk. Wait a with, second. You're doing sports broadcasting. You're in Bengal Bouts. You're in Navy ROTC. You're a, a senior manager. Is there any time for studies? I mean, you're, you're involved in everything. Finals week, it's next week, and it's going to hit pretty hard. But okay. <laughs> nonetheless, um, and so just being able to talk with people like that in uncomfortable situations sometimes um, helps my communication skills at large. Yeah. And, it, you know, being a naval officer, which is my career, right. um, is going to be involving a lot of communication and talking with people like that. So right. the skills that I have learned at ND Listens are going to help me in a myriad of ways for the rest of my life. Okay, so there's got to be some crazy zany moments, right? There have to be some some conversations. You know, this is just your first semester, so you might not have accumulated that many yourself, but what are some of the, the, the zany kind of out there uh, conversations uh, or, or things that have occurred that nobody would expect? A lot of them... I mean, sometimes we call like celebrities, which like that people that have just randomly given to um, Notre Dame or are part of our family in some way. Yeah. Um, which is always mm. pretty interesting. I was able to call um, a couple MLB pitchers, which was pretty exciting for me. Right. Um, sometimes some of the requests that we get on the phones and like some of the conversations that we get are a little crazy. Like people just, you know, like for me, for my senior manager position, I'll be sitting here listening to everyone talk on the phones. And it's really interesting hearing some of the conversations that just pop up and some of the things the callers are saying, like just you just have no clue where these conversations are leading. Um, but it's just part of having an authentic conversation with people right. and connecting with people where they are um, yeah. so that, you know, obviously we're trying to connect them with Notre Dame, but we also want to hear about their life and their experiences. Right. And so. Definitely some interesting stories to be told. So, so people are passionate about Notre Dame, especially the alumni who are the most custodial owners of the place. And, and they have views, strong views a lot about why isn't Notre Dame doing more of this or why did it do that or, or whatever. And so my guess is uh, a lot of, of the time that you'll spend on the phones is kind of listening to grievances or to concerns and and and. And sometimes trying to clarify and 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 give kind of maybe deeper context to what's going on, is that a big part of the job? And how are you prepared to answer those kinds of questions or or the concerns that are raised on a regular basis? Um, yeah, for me, I know sometimes they bring up conversations I don't necessarily want to have, or it's not appropriate to be having yeah. um, with each other without knowing each other. Right. Um, so we'll kind of try to pivot the conversation to something that's more cheerful or yeah. something great that's going on around campus mm -hmm. um, to try to just keep the call um, a more meaningful call. I think sometimes it, some people can get a little aggressive over the phone yeah. if maybe they don't like the changes that are happening here or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll try to be like, oh, well, what were things that were great about your experience while you were here at Notre Dame? Okay. Um, and try to just change the conversation so, um, you know, yeah. We stay on the right track with the call. I mean, these calls aren't meant um, for people just to complain to us about things. Right. Uh, sometimes if it's just them talking about their life, something they don't like in their life, sometimes um, we'll, we're there to listen to. Right. Um, we do think that's important. Sometimes people don't have a lot of people in their lives to yeah. talk to. Um, so maybe we are the person that called them that week and they're just having a really hard week. Um, so we do want to listen in those moments as well. 
Yeah, just like Brooke said, I mean, we're here to listen. Like, that's it's in the name, Indy right. Listens. Um, so a lot of times people just want to be heard out, and they want to have their grievances voiced. Um, and so it, it, it's a pleasure to be able to listen to them and be able to right. let them kind of have that relief of sorts um, and also kind of show them that, hey, you know, Notre Dame is doing its best to be the best place in the world that it can be um, and also try to communicate that side of it. So we even have a thing here in the basement called Pivot Tactic, where if you are able to deflect a call into being a positive from a negative, then you fill out a form and you could get more points for your team and stuff like that. So yeah. it's definitely something that we reward. And it's part of our even our interview process of trying to yeah. make sure that people know that that's part of the job and you have mm-hmm. to be able to adjust on the fly. So I have five children ages 27 to 13. I could use some pivot tactic training <laughs> like this to go from negative to positive. So that's a really good skill uh, to to have. But when when there's a really controversial issue here on campus, I also know that you will help us by making these calls and listening to kind of get tabs on where people are at. Usually we don't have people that are just on one side of the issue. We have people on alumni, parents and friends that are on both sides of the issues. So um, you guys will help us kind of what are people thinking? Um, the administration wants to know what kind of feedback are we getting, et cetera. And, and, and since it can't be staged that people are just calling you, you're making calls out there so it's a more accurate sample. And I know that's very helpful to the university that you're listening and getting that that feedback. Um, what is uh, one of the games or the engagements that you that you have here? What makes this? I mean, 120 people, students applying for 10 jobs. Um, that's a high demand. What makes this so fun? What makes this so meaningful? Why is this the, arguably the most sought after job on campus? And he listens. I think it truly is the people that work here. Mm -hmm. Um, I know when I came for my interview, one of the prompts was tell us a story. Mm -hmm. And it's so broad and open-ended. And I was kind of like, where do I start? Um, But part of that is they want to hear your communication skills. But I think they also want to know that you're a personable person, (laughs) like that you can have a meaningful conversation with people. Um, And I think that even during Scrum or during Man Fun, halfway through our shift, um, we do end up in those conversations with each other. Um, I have made friends in the basement in one semester, and I know those connections um, run deeper than just working together. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a job. I mean, you do end up working similar shifts to the same people. So yeah. there are people that I don't know in the basement that work here. Um, but the people that I see consistently, I mean, they're all amazing. When we're having a tough day, coming down here does make my day brighter. Yeah. Um I get to just come down and forget about uh, schoolwork and everything. That is one of the things we do in the basement. We leave our backpacks outside of the room. Um, So there's no homework or any work that is done during shift. And that just creates a very welcoming and enjoyable environment and keeps the stress um, away as much as we can. How many hours would you typically work uh, a week as as an Andy Listens caller? So it's three shifts um, a week, um, two hours uh, each shift, so about six hours. Is it more as a manager? Um, just a little more. Sometimes yeah. we have some other meetings and other things to work through on our different teams, but um, it mainly focuses around those three shifts a week. So you've been doing this for, for four years. Is What has ND Listens meant as a part of your Notre Dame experience? Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, and I've been doing a lot of reflecting and senior year and stuff like that, but 
Empty Listens has been like an integral part of my experience every step along the way. I started this job like three weeks into my freshman year. Mm -hmm. And to this day, I mean, I'm obviously very still involved with it. So I've made a lot of incredible friends. It's always fun just running around campus and just seeing random callers around. Um, And we have like a big Slack channel where we send like pictures of like we'll be out somewhere and just taking pictures with other callers and stuff like that, putting in there. Um, so the connections that you make from there, the skills that you learn from there, right. and also just the ability to make impactful change in the Notre Dame community is kind of a fun way to have just a student job. Yeah. Um, most other student jobs really not having that kind of impact. Um, so I'm very grateful for my time, and I'm excited for uh, another semester of being a senior manager. So, so tell us a little bit about your plans for next year. You're going to graduate in May, and um, my guess, are you going to be assigned to a submarine or an aircraft carrier? And uh, tell us a little bit about those next steps, since it's, you know, through Navy ROTC, it's mapped out for you. But, but also, how do you think ND Listens is going to make you uh, a different, perhaps better, naval officer? Right. So in May, I'll be commissioning as a naval officer um, and become an ensign in the Navy. And uh, I've been assigned student naval aviator. So um, after a few months, I'll head down to Pensacola to start flight training down there. Wow. Um, so you're be excited. a Top Gun guy. It, it's a little far down the line, but that's, you know, it's kind of the story yeah. arc. Yeah. Um, so very excited for that. It's something I've been wanting to do pretty much my entire life. Um, and it's a pleasure that I've had the opportunity to do that through Notre Dame. Um, and I'm super excited for that. That's obviously I mean, going to be a long career. Kind of, do you, sometimes you ever pause and think of coming from kind of the steel mills of the south side of Chicago to being a naval officer and getting into flight training, being accepted into that. I mean, it's that's that's an extraordinary trajectory. Do you, do you, do you pause and does that does, do you feel that impact of that sometimes or? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, my yeah. sister is also, um, she was a, an aviator for a lot of years too. So for the both of us to be able to come from our roots and um, have success at highly uh, established universities, it's, it's been a pleasure and I'm always grateful for it. Um, and as I said, you know, a lot of people wish that they were in my shoes and had the chance to come to Notre Dame. So I definitely take that with a lot of pride and I'm representing a lot of people back home. What about, you know, you're earlier in your journey and you're probably looking at, in, you know, summer internships at the end of your sophomore year. What are you thinking about as uh, next steps? Yeah, so I am preparing for med school. I say that lightly, yeah. but um, you do have to start preparing pretty early on, um, even for the application and everything. Um, so I'm hoping to do um, cancer research at Sloan Kettering in New York City over the summer. Yeah. Um, my end goal is to be pediatric oncologist. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's it's a full circle right. uh, moment, but I think I went. I think I could give um, a very important patient doctor relationship um, right. to my future patients. I think after experiencing the insensitivity of that one um, doctor that I saw, um, I think I could uh, avoid <laughs> doing yeah. that. And I think a huge part of um, treating people with a terminal illness is the hope and just a smile that you can give them. Right. Um, I know every, like you'll hear people say, um, hope keeps people alive right. and it truly does. Um, I know, especially if you have older people who are terminally ill, um, they'll live like much longer than they 
the doctor thought they were going to just because of the environment they had around them. Right. And I think a huge part of that is how the doctor approaches treatment and just the patient-doctor relationship. Yeah. So, Well, you've got a deep sense of why in terms of becoming a, a pediatric oncologist, and I have no doubt that you're going to have a tremendous impact on that front. One final question for both of you. What does the Notre Dame family mean to you? You're, you're relatively early in your, your journeys. Neither one of you have yet uh, joined the kind of august alumni body. Too soon. Uh, too soon here. Yeah, that's got you exactly. You want to kind of hold on to these days as long as you can. Uh, you're a little bit further along in the process, obviously, Caesar. But what early on, what does the Notre Dame family mean to you? It's just that it's family. Like it, it's it's a base that I know I can always come back to campus and feel at home. Um, and I'm looking forward to that coming back as an alumni, coming to football games, coming to the Grotto, and going to Mass. Um, all those aspects are part of being part of something greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had the pleasure to be able to serve with ND Listens in trying to keep that Notre Dame family connected. Um, and obviously, I'll be doing a different type of service after graduation. But ultimately, my roots are always going to be here um, under the dome. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Fantastic. And for you? Yeah, I have to say something very similar. I mean, family, you know, we're going to we're going to fight. We're going to bicker. And there's going to be times where we don't like each other. But at the end of the day, our heart is with each other. And mm -hmm. I think the values here um, hold true for every person I've met on campus. And it really is a home for everyone to come to. That's beautiful. And you have that unique perspective through ND Listens that families do argue. They dispute. They have different views. And and you guys embrace that. You listen uh, to people with dissenting, you know, perspectives, and yet we're still family. Uh, you know, through it all, we love each other, you know, through our warts, our bumps, and, and, and bruises, and, and what you guys do here is sacred. It's really, really important um, ministry, and it's a, it's a great way for you to become even stronger members of the Notre Dame, leaders of the Notre Dame family in the years to come. So thank you both for your service. Your parents have to be so incredibly proud of you. And uh, you both have, in different ways, overcome so much to be where you're at. And I think the future, um, you're going to make a big impact on a lot, a lot of lives. So we, we always close this uh, program with a prayer to Our Lady. And uh, so maybe we can join together and, and say Hail Mary. And, and for all of those who are, are with us uh, and, and watching uh, we we want to wish you all uh, a joyful Advent season that's filled with hope and waiting and uh, and our prayers for you and your families, uh, especially those who are going through times of loss and suffering and difficulties in these days. Know that the Notre Dame family is with you, that we love you. We're sending prayers your way, and we wish you all the blessings of, of Christmas. So together uh, with Caesar and Brooke, maybe we can just kind of join hands and we'll just join hands. We'll leave one open for all of you. Uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of death. Amen. Thank you. God bless. Go Irish. And thanks, Brooke. Thanks, Thank Caesar. You. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of For Good, Stories from Notre Dame, where we explore the remarkable impact of Our Lady's University. In this series of conversations, we offer a behind-the-scenes glimpse into life under the Golden Dome 
and discuss the innovative, diverse, and powerful ways that Notre Dame strives to be a force for good in the world. You can find upcoming and previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Andy Loyal, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Join us next time as we continue to uncover how Notre Dame is impacting the world for good, one story at a time.